your message on five seven oh part what one please send us your message because really we've got no message Podcast for me, Marissa Phillips, and me, Pete Phillips. Continue to not be related. And this is a show where we pump gas like through your ear holes, and we fill your brain with information, and it could make you an absolute genius. Like you know so much already, but if we tell you the last thing that you didn't know, then you know it all. For once, what you said didn't totally enrage me. You didn't need to say gas. But, I know, I know. Because then there was no more, like, car <laughs> analogy. <laughs> I was like, what? I was but thinking of, um, of really uh, I guess, vaporous gas. I was thinking of. it. Look, it didn't make oh, any sense. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's okay. It's okay. Um, in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, tell me whatever you want. So, this week, <laughs> I got a bidet attachment. And this week, I installed oh, the bidet attachment. please tell us all about it. And here's the thing I don't understand about plumbing. Bidets? <laughs> oh, okay. You're unscrewing a hose, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this has live water pumping through it. I'm just yeah. going to unscrew it a little bit. And when it starts to drip or spurt or something, then I'm going to screw it back on because I realize now that I, you know, don't, that there's water running through this and that I need to come up with a plan. Yes. What I don't understand is how when you're unscrewing something, there's nothing coming from it until you hit the last thread and then it just gushes water all over the bathroom. <laughs> this has happened to me Ooh. like three times. <laughs> Because I think I turned the water off. Because there's... And that's the other... Well, this is just a different problem. But, like, there's nozzles under... I know that this doesn't have anything to do with the toilet, guys. But there's nozzles underneath the uh, sink. And I have turned them all the way and been like, Oh, yeah, the sink water is off now. As I go to fix this, you know, like, handle or something. And it's not. So... I just, I just imagine, I'm just fascinated by the fact that you can get all the way down to the last thread and it, it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is interesting. That's why I don't, um, that's why I don't have a bidet myself because I don't know what the fuck. And then also I scream being covered in cold water, (laughs) I scream and no one cares in my apartment. <laughs> oh. Well, you probably scream a lot. Yeah, I think you'd be surprised how little I scream. Although it mm-hmm. is piling up because I am not able to get a break from work. <laughs> yeah, oof. Your life seems rough. I am sorry. Oof. But yeah, um, the, the, the... 
I don't know. And no, listener, I have not used it enough, if we're going to be clean about it, uh, <laughs> to have a full review on the bidet. But no, really get it up your ass. Surprise of surprises, I did put it on wrong, and it stuck that way. <laughs> oh. Only a little wrong. <laughs> okay, okay. Hmm. Okay, I do need to ask you this. You said you still use as much toilet paper as before. I'm going to ask you something gross. Did you have a duty that had a clean break or a duty that was soft and did not have a clean break? You ask me? I think I have a very healthy diet. And uh, answer the question. <laughs> no, on the clean break. <laughs> I mean... Uh, a clean break apparently means your duty's hard. That's what my doctor boyfriend says. Right, yeah. He said you shouldn't be proud of your clean break duties. <laughs> but what if what if it doesn't break? <laughs> I'm sorry. Your duty never breaks. Your duty will last from here until eternity. That would be terrifying, wouldn't it? Has that happened have, to you? Don't you have like 12 feet of intestines? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds disgusting. Lisa, how's your week going? <laughs> um, I will... I don't know how my week is going. But I will just... I think I've told you guys, once a month, I am forced to have a visual Zoom meeting with all of my department. And there is always an icebreaker. And I usually give an answer that some people find funny and some people like me less after I say it. I would say today that mine wasn't really, like, that wild... But I think it still involved people liking me less after. Um, the icebreaker was, if you could have dinner with someone, anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? <laughs> I feel like placed differently, this answer would be fine. But it was placed in between like someone being like Sidney Poitier. Because he, had, he was such a revolutionary actor in a trying time. Or such and such was a holocaust survivor and i feel like they would help uh you know put things in perspective or my grandfather who i never met because he he fought in this war blah 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 and i'm just like <laughs> the muppets because they matched my level of intensity and i didn't laugh and then i quickly turned my mute back on <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was partially that like just like the way i delivered it I don't think my boss is like me. <laughs> yeah, I I think I said it on this podcast before, but when my mom went for jury duty and they were like, who is a person that you admire as they were what? interviewing her? Which I was like, what the hell? And I didn't like, get asked that. Who is a person that you admire? And she oh, was I like, she thought for like 10 seconds and then she went, Betty White. <laughs> That's and, fine. And then they excused her. What? I don't think it's a bad answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, but for similar reasons, like you know, she's a lighthearted lady, somebody to ad admire that you know, and she's been around for a while, all that stuff. <laughs> I wanted to say Michael Jackson, but I thought that was too too controversial. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say. Listen, this too worth worth saying. I think that the Muppets might actually have dinner with you. Where, like, Sydney Poitier doesn't want to hang out with you. I <laughs> like... know, right? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs>
Um, Pete, are you well-versed in the world of Muppets? How well-versed? Enough that my icebreaker could be, who's your favorite Muppet, or no? Yeah, go with that. Okay, who's your favorite Muppet, and why? You know how, like, sometimes the characters change over time? You mean the way they act? Yeah, well, like the way that they're portrayed, they sort of like oh, fit into different roles my at different Muppet times. Wasn't even on my radar in the past, in the past version. So yeah, yeah, certainly not the Rastafarian one. <laughs> Who I don't see anywhere anymore. Wisely, <laughs> <laughs> I like Rizzo. Rizzo's fun. Yeah, I feel like off the top of my head, off the dome, Marissa. Whoa. I think I'd go with Fozzie. Okay. He's uh. You asked, oh, go ahead. He's like. I feel like he's one of the popular ones, and it's like a cop out. Like I hadn't thought of it enough. Like that, if I picked Janice, people would be like, "Whoa." Nobody's <laughs> I thought you were gonna pick Janice. I feel like everyone wants to say Janice. But like, uh, I mean, the beloved ones are the beloved ones for a reason. I really love the 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 side of uh, like somebody who will make a joke, laugh at themselves, and not really care that nobody else is laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when I so you know with the way with the way everything is today and education, mm-hmm. um, when I make my lectures, that's how I make my lecture. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but also, like, there is, there have been times, you know, where he, I hate it when they portray him as a moron, because I don't think he's stupid. Yeah. Because they if he was so stupid, then he wouldn't, he wouldn't have such great bad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Wow, you really, uh, you went deep with that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I feel like I've asked you before. You did not see Hamilton, right? No. Okay. Because my brother the other day was just like, Google Hamilton the Muppet. It's not official. It's fan-made. But a lot of the voices are really spot on. But, God. It was so funny just because (laughs) a pretty prominent character in that version is played by Camilla the Chicken. But they really nice. commit to the cadence of the entire song, which is like just really it. fast rapping with just chicken noises. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's pretty. And then also the backup <laughs> vocals are still in English, even though the main vocals are still in chicken. So I was like, that's pretty good. Anyway, uh, so your 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 question was was um, is is linked to mine about whether or not you know about the way they can change over time because. My favorite Muppet now is definitely Uncle Deadly, which, do you know who that is? Nope. Really? Okay. I'll, I'll Google you, it now. Did you ever watch the sitcom, oh, I think, the Muppet sitcom that was only for one uh, one season? That's who I thought it was. Okay. You could say, if you guys don't know who this is off the top of your head, and you have seen, uh, Marissa, I'm sure can tell us which one, one of those like more recent Muppet movies... Yeah, uh, this the, was the, this was uh, what Chris Cooper's. I think that's who it was. Yeah. Sidekick. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you've seen the the first of the new wave of Muppet movies with Jason Segel, 
This was uh, the dragon character with like with like wispy tendrils coming out of his face. That he looks like a really like he looks like a muppetized um, Pirates of the Caribbean character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and the thing is, he used to be in like the oldest Muppets, but he was just like a totally just just side character that would play like the phantom of the theater and he wasn't funny and I don't even know if he had lines but as of the movie the sitcom no not even the movie as of the sitcom that was short lived and the new Disney show he is Miss Piggy's very sharp tongued sidekick who (laughs) does hilarious asides all the time Uh, oh man he's so funny oh my god he's so funny Pete you just if you haven't seen the sitcom, you just gotta watch like just even look like Uncle Deadly scenes or something. And he he had this penguin that he named Gloria Stefan. Oh my god, it was just so good. <laughs> anyway, guys, I also will just briefly say, even though this is not plug time, watch the new Disney Plus Muppet Show. Okay, Pete, what do you got for me? You plugged uh, that anyway. last week and the week before. I'm going to say it forever because there's a new episode out. Pete. Speaking of episodes. Marissa, as much as you're comfortable with, please tell me about your experiences at the dentist. Uh, I once went seven years without going to the dentist. And then when you went, what happened? I just got my teeth cleaned. I've never had a cavity. I've had a cavity brewing that I've brushed away, which I didn't think was a thing. Uh, oh, I got my wisdom teeth taken out. And I think I got belligerent once I was on that gas that makes you all loopy. I think I got, like, real fucking nasty. Um, that's it. I hate the dentist. And I barely go if I have to. If I don't have to. Where is this going? Please do don't hate, scare me. What do you hate about the dentist? Um, Is it just like a general feeling? Teeth cleaning hurts. Yeah. Uh, There's a point where I think it's like, this is pain in a place where I don't regularly experience pain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Also, I'm just always afraid of, my mother says she's had experiences where like one dentist says she has like a thousand cavities and someone else says she has like one. So I'm afraid of people taking advantage of me. And my teeth are fucked up, and I like to be in denial of that and not even think about it. (laughs) I was born missing a tooth, inexplicably. (laughs) Anyway. Yep. Uh, I have a sordid history with the dentist, as many of you know. Uh, But before matching with my dentist on Bumble, I was a kid who ate a lot of Pez. I forgot about that. <laughs> I ate a lot of Pez, and I brushed nonchalantly. I also had braces uh, twice, and both times were for a while. So it's no surprise that I had a cavity, but then I had another cavity. And I can't tell you how many cavities I'd had in total, but like it's under eight. It's not like double digits. Oh, wow, that's still scary, though. But I can't tell you for sure... Because like three or four of them turned into root canals, and then they turned into root canal reconstructions, uh, which is apparently a thing. Um, or, or is it a thing, Marissa? 
I don't really I don't know. know. Is that what was done to you when you didn't go on a date with your dentist? <laughs> when they uh, killed... I wouldn't say it was a thing if it happened after that. So when you get a root canal, it's like, uh, okay, we have to kill the nerve in this tooth so that we can stop, like, we can dig it out. That sounds um, fucking nasty. And then seal it up so nothing else can get in here. Ugh, okay. Why? If I didn't, like, eat a nut that broke it in half or something, why would you ever need to do a root canal again? Because <laughs> uh, they just want to take money from you. <laughs> I don't know. As we learned in past episodes, I am leery of authority figures, but since I was a sick kid growing up, I generally trusted doctors. What's more, I had oh, a great... Oh, do not trust doctors. <laughs> I had a wonderful <laughs> biannual romance with a dental hygienist at my old dentist, the one who I matched with on Bumble. And even though she knew nothing about this relationship, I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it turns out, Marissa that I should have been suspicious. Why? So, so much so that the Atlantic published an article called Is Dentistry a Science? Just last year. Ooh, fascinating. <laughs> Stories in the piece are terrifying. People spending fifty to $70,000 out of pocket for procedures that weren't necessary. Holy shit. And when you trust a doctor, especially, like a lot of people are like, oh, I've been going to this dentist since I was a kid. It's weird for you to just you know, put them under the microscope and really like say, well, maybe they're not telling me the truth. You yeah. complain about healthcare costs, sure, but that's not the doctor's fault. So like, yeah, I got to take $50,000 out of pocket and pay for these procedures over an extended period of time. But that's the, that's the healthcare system's fault. It's not the doctor's fault, right? Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> So, uh, a little You're going to make me question everything, aren't you? <laughs> From the piece, I just copied this paragraph because I thought it was funny. When you're in the dentist's chair, the power imbalance between practitioner and patient becomes palpable. How, do you love that? How many <laughs> P's they jammed into that? <laughs> I know, I do, like, I do like that. A masked figure looms over your recumbent body, wielding power tools and sharp metal instruments, doing things in your mouth you cannot see, asking oh. you questions you cannot properly answer, and judging you all the while. I mean, if they want me to think back to the Seinfeld episode, I think, where someone thought someone was putting someone's dick in their mouth during the <laughs> dentist visit, oh, mission accomplished. The experience... Uh, simultaneously invokes physical danger, emotional vulnerability, and mental limpness. What? Mental limpness? Yeah. Is that a thing anyone says? Ah, uh, it's the thing that's written down here. Uh, <laughs> a cavity or receding gum line can suddenly feel like a personal failure when a dentist I mean, declares that there is a problem. Wait, sure. <laughs> When a dentist declares that there's a problem, that something must be done before it's too late, who has the courage or the expertise to disagree? When he points out, uh, when they <clears throat> point out a <laughs> spectral smudges on an x-ray, how are we to know what it means? Too true. Too true. Common dental procedures are not always safe, effective, or durable, as we are meant to believe. So the interesting part of the oh crap no no you're no, gonna was, really make me not want to go to the dentist anymore sorry what why oh crap there was a no i i got my articles confused um the atlantic article 
the person does a lot of research and talks to a lot of people. And then I also used a Vox article where the person was like, my dad's a dentist. Okay. And they kept quoting it, and they wouldn't attribute a, like a last name or anything. They would be like, my dad says, <laughs> which I thought was journalistically stupid. As a profession, dentistry has not yet applied the same level of self-scrutiny as medicine or embraced as sweeping an emphasis on scientific evidence. Quote, we are isolated from the larger healthcare system, so when evidence-based policies are made, dentistry is often out of the equation. Says I don't like this. Jane Gillette, a dentist in Bozeman, Montana, who works closely with the American Dental Association's Center for Evidence-Based Dentistry, which was established in 2007. <laughs> we are kind of behind the times, but increasingly we are trying to move the needle forward. An example uh, that set forth was um, the, the old adage that you're supposed to see a dentist every six months. Today, an increasing number of dentists acknowledge that adults with good oral hygiene need to see a dentist once every 12 to 16 months. Oh, they're going to say years, and I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but once a year is better. I thought you say 12 to 16 years. Um, <laughs> That's better. And when it came to dental insurance... My dental insurance ended up costing the same amount of money as if I got two checkups a year. So I paid for my dental insurance. Well, come to find out, if I had just paid out of pocket to go once a year, then I would have been able to keep the other appointment that I didn't actually need to go to. Oh, okay. Other procedures to keep an eye out for, according to the Vox piece that I mentioned a little bit earlier, Replacing old fillings. Marissa, have you ever heard the thing where, like, if you have a filling made out of a certain material that you'll get cancer? No. Well, when I had to get some uh, cavities taken care of, I was dating Liz, who believed uh, that everything under the sun would give you cancer. And so, I mean, that's its own issue, but okay. <laughs> including the sun, to be fair, right? And that's yeah, true. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Although old fillings can sometimes crack or become surrounded by decay, necessitating a replacement, some dentists will try to replace your fillings simply due to age, a practice that isn't necessary if they're not causing problems. The big red flag is if you go to the dentist and they say, oh, you've got old silver fillings. We need to take them out because there's mercury leaching out. There's been no evidence to prove that that actually happens. That's so fucked up. Yeah. You're making me very angry. It's a business. Oh, most people <laughs> Most people get enough fluoride in their drinking water and from regular toothpaste, and by the time you're an adult and your teeth have fully formed, the fluoride treatment doesn't really do much anymore. Oh. For someone who doesn't get a lot of cavities, that it's actually a waste. Um, so this was in reference to uh, whenever I would go to the dentist, there would be like um signs and stuff advertising like luxury toothpaste <laughs> luxury is not okay. the right word but I can't think of what it is yeah another one would be mouth guards night guards I mean so some people need night guards mainly if they have pain related to TMJ uh, or they show especially high rates of wear on their teeth. But all people gradually wear down their teeth over the course of their lifetimes, and not everyone needs a night guard. Mm -hmm. 
Some dental practices simply prescribe them to patients as a matter of course. And this matter of course, like if you go to the store, okay, if you go to CVS and you go buy one, you're looking at like 30 bucks. But if you get one through your dentist that's like fit to your mouth and that sort of stuff, you're looking at like $700. Ooh, that is shitty. And another one is veneers. Uh, Sometimes a dentist will tell a patient that pricey veneers are necessary in order to improve the color of their teeth. But if the shape is acceptable, uh, meaning, yeah, like your tooth isn't chipped or something like that, then bleaching is a much cheaper process, and it's perfectly fine. (laughs) Yeah, also, like, you don't... It's never necessary to have totally white teeth, but, I mean, okay... Marissa, a suggestion in this piece is to do what I should be doing and what you and your father used to do. It's to go to a school where they are learning dentistry. Yes. Oh, my God. That was so amazing. Because the students are being checked on their work by superiors, Mm -hmm. and they are learning from your teeth, basically. Uh, They're also making no money off of their practice, so it stands to reason that they have nothing to gain by scamming you. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It will... You will be there for fucking ever, <laughs> but it will be thorough as shit. And oh, wasn't oh it free? Yeah. 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 Can't beat that, guys. Exactly. Time is money. Spending it one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> so the Vox piece uh, went on to, like, that was written more like a list, so it was easier for me to pull stuff from. But the Atlantic article is very interesting. Uh, why is dentistry more prone to fraud than other, other branches of medicine? That's right. Why? Uh, first, lack of oversight. If you go to a doctor and you have a procedure done in a hospital, uh, the staff and lots of other people have an idea of what's going on. With dental work, no one's looking at you. And you That's can do and say whatever you want. Horrifying. <laughs> if you work, no. If you work at a practice that you own and there's no other dentists that work there, like... You could literally get away with anything you want. (laughs) I never considered that. In rare cases, oversight can come in the form of adult, of audits, not adults, of audits. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now I just imagined, like, a little kid in a dentist's uh, jacket with, like, long, long arms. (laughs) (laughs) Audits by insurance companies who are suspicious of fishy-looking billing patterns, and in extreme cases, in patient complaints to a local dental society or malpractice suits. But on the whole, few dentists have anybody evaluating their work on a consistent basis. Oh, great. Moreover, for most types of finished work, say a new set of fillings, it's pretty much impossible for any other dentist to tell after the fact whether they were necessary or not. Cool. So, like, if, if you go to the doctor and they cut off the wrong, like, hand, you could be like, look, this is the one that... And they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the one that's messed up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> uh, there's also a question about inherent subjectivity. An individual dentist's treatment philosophies and personal judgment are inescapable when it comes to dentistry. You can have five dentists look at your mouth, and sometimes you'll get five different answers on what treatment you need. Guys, Every dentist has their own philosophy. <laughs> but this comes to my experience. The dentist who I matched with on Bumble would be like, oh, you have a cavity coming in. We should nip it in the bud before it develops. And My uh, dentist says, you have a cavity coming in. Brush better and it won't be a problem. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, with my last root canal reconstruction, 
um, they were like, oh, this thing on the uh, x-ray could turn into a problem. You should get that looked at. And I was like, okay. And then I came back the next year and they were like, this, this is still here. Like, how, how come you haven't contacted somebody to get it, take, like, get it looked at? And I said, because you said I should get it looked at, not that I have to get it looked at. <laughs> I like that. And uh, they were like, no, you have to get it looked at. And that's when I entered into, yeah, like my second root canal reconstruction. And it's just such a pain. Because I was like, I don't need to do anything. I pay you. Yeah. And like the other part of it is, in one of these articles, there was a dentist. He was like, you know, like a small town dentist. Everybody Mm -hmm. in the town, not everybody, but you know, like a lot of people in the town go to this dentist. And they were getting, yeah, like um, it was just normal. And, like, if you talk to another patient, it'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I had a cavity, too. You know, nothing out of the ordinary because everybody who went to the dentist got the same type of treatment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the dentist got older and a younger dentist came in and bought the practice because the guy was ready to retire that patients were coming in and he would be like, great, you look great. Everything's doing fine. And they're like, you mean I don't have any cavities or anything? <laughs> Oh, man. They were so used to it being part of their treatment that yeah. they – and then he – because he because he bought the business, he also bought the history of the business too. And he started looking at the records and he found, yeah, like so many instances of probably unnecessary treatment. Yeah. And you say probably unnecessary because like – just like that's it. You have 10 people come into the dentist. There's a good chance that they have 10 different problems. Not that they all need need a cavity filled, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, and, yeah. And when the guy started looking at the paperwork, he was like, this is odd. Conservative dentists might be content to wait years for a tiny cavity to become bigger before drilling, for instance, while more aggressive ones <laughs> might want to take might want to work on it immediately. Neither is wrong, but in some cases, unethical dentists can take advantage of this gray area to push more treatment. The last part is the changing business of dentistry. Several dentists I spoke with, again, the person who wrote the article, not me, singled out a few additional business factors. Business factors, okay? (laughs) The increasing amount of debt taken on to pay for dental school and the rising technological costs needed to outfit a new practice. Quote, The new dentist today is up to their eyeballs in debt and needs to make money, so in some cases they may be doing too much treatment. This could mean erring on the side of unnecessary work to sustain a fledging practice, or it could mean joining a large existing practice that has quotas in place for new dentists. What the fuck? Right? How can you have a fucking quota? Holy Could you imagine shit. being a, an oncologist who has a quota? Like, I'm sorry, you got to diagnose at least uh, 10 people a month with cancer. Wow. I have never heard of that in my life. That's horrifying. So, that's just a I do bit. not like this <laughs> at all. One day, when we have like a really huge fan following and people go back and listen to all of our episodes, mm-hmm. I look forward to, to the statistic. <laughs> How many of my topics you literally went, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So when you go to the dentist, you got to kind of be careful. But what's weird is that... Not kind of. Don't touch any of these I have been suspicious of like primary doctors that I've had. Like general practitioners. You thought they had a quota too? No, but like before, 
I was worried about, like, this, the dentist, you know? Okay. You don't, I, I guess the lesson, right, is that you don't have to trust everybody. And the if lesson it's really, is you don't have to trust anybody. More than likely, don't trust anybody. It was odd because I would remember, like, I would, uh, I would go to the dentist and, like, I wouldn't have a cavity. And it'd be like, awesome, I'm making progress. And then I would go back and she's like, oh, you have a cavity. And then the next time I would go, she would be like, everything looks great. Now that she could just, like, switch and... Uh, but if you think about the fiscal year and what my insurance would cover... Oh, that's so fucked up. <laughs> and oh. then she would farm... She would farm the root canal reconstruction out to an oral surgeon and she would always strongly encourage I go to a specific one but I never went to that one I I would get it done someplace else and then I would have to come back to her I would have to come back to her for like the final to put in like the fill the filling or the bridge or the cap or whatever the hell it was so yeah like she was still making money albeit on the back end of the procedure, even though somebody else did the procedure. So, ladies and gentlemen, be careful out there. Yeah, I don't like this at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I said that way too many times. <laughs> Woo! Well, thank you. I I actually really like this. This is pretty pretty good information. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Also, don't Google anything about dentistry. <laughs> Why? I just pictures. Oh, yeah, man. I bet that's fucking nasty. Bye. Plugs. Marissa, uh-huh. I would like to make my plug <laughs> the music video for Green Day's song, Brain Stew, Jaded. What? I remember as a child... There's a song called Brain Stew Jaded. It's off of their Insomniac album. And it's two songs that are so short they couldn't be released as their own single. So they combined the two songs together and released it as a single on the radio. And they made a music video for it. The second video, uh, I remember when I was a kid, they were like, Green Day's new sensational, you know, like almost banned, needs to be censored video. And it's because it's all a dental procedure. And there's like blood and... Oh. Falling, like falling out teeth and Ew. um yeah well like that's kind of funny but is like, it gross for a kid who went to the dentist and didn't like it i was like ow oh okay but like but, someone uh, who's never who has no uh can't relate to any dentistry like is it gonna be like gross oh uh, for you yeah because there's gonna be blood yeah oh okay, okay. but i also really like the song brain stew jaded and I get sad because sometimes you hear brain stew now, but you don't hear jaded. Mm. And jaded is my favorite one. Yeah, I, I know what that is all, fan. That's all right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, now it's time for your Muppets plug. Yeah, okay. I will now start <laughs> plugging it before and after each episode. Watch the Muppet Show on Disney+. Plus. I find the first episode better than the second one, but it's still very good. I remember growing up, we had a tape, and it was uh, Muppets tape, and for the life of us, we can't find any, like, CD version of it, Mm -hmm. but man, it was like, we played it all the time. What was it of? Like, what's happening in it? 
knew all the words. It was like a Muppets Greatest Hits. Oh, that's so fun. And um, and I remember crying during the Rainbow Connection because I was thinking of my dead grandmother. Why? But other than that, we would sing. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What's the correlation <laughs> to your grandmother and the Rainbow Connection? Which, by the way, I sometimes, I almost never cry about rational things. But I almost cry during the Rainbow Connection now. I think it's because she was dead and I was a child. I don't understand. The Rainbow Connection is about death? No. <laughs> What's but the Rainbow I, Connection about? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Explain the correlation further. I thought it was just about, like, superstitions and magic that people believe in and shit. I'm, you, I'm reading the lyrics really quick. <laughs> have you... Yeah, like, I could think about it. Have you heard voices and blah, blah, blah. What's on the other side? Somebody thought about it and someone believe it. I don't know. I didn't take it as death. I took it as, like, the magic of life and shit. Well, I was a little kid, and I believed in, like, heaven and all that. Maybe I thought heaven was on oh, the other okay. side of the rainbow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not saying it was stupid. I just really wanted, like, to, to know how you were viewing it. But okay. My mom also wasn't handling her death well, so. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair enough. Um, hey, guys. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash y'all heard. We also have a website. Y'all heard dot me. And we also have a phone number. 570-PODWAD1. P-O-D-W-A-D. And then the number one. Yes. So like P-O-D, that old horrible band, and WAD, like a WAD of spit. One. <laughs> I was on okay. like a WAD of cash. I couldn't think. I started talking before I could think about what kind of wad I wanted to reference. Hey, final plug, uh, uh, final bonus extra woo plug is... Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> this week, I needed lunches, and I was tired of eating chicken, because I eat chicken for every single meal. And I got ground turkey, and uh-huh. I got taco seasoning, and I took a jar of salsa, and I just cooked them all together, and then I got sweet potato tortilla chips and that's what I've been eating for lunch and it's delicious. That actually sounds pretty delicious. Yeah. Nice job, Pete. With some cheese. That sounds delicious. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Follow her at Riss Vandal. Yeah, please do. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.